Now we're going to read uh, from John uh, chapter 15 and uh, reading from verse 1. This is Jesus speaking. He says, I am the grapevine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so that they'll produce even more. You've already been pruned and purified by the message I've given you. Remain in me, and I'll remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me, and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want, and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commands, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you these things so that you'll be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You're my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you're my friends since I have told you everything the Father told me. You didn't choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command. Love each other. I thought I might go for a record today. Um, The longest sermon ever preached is 21 hours uh, by a guy, uh, what's his name? Reverend Lee in 1937. Uh, he ate meals between, and, and preached between sort of bites. Um, he, he got changed. He even preached having a bath. Uh, that's him in the bath. Um, no, no, I'm not, no, I'm not intending to do that. No, no. Just relax. Um, weird. Anyway, he preached for 21 hours. But there's a bit of competition for this title. So in 19, uh, 2014, a pastor from Florida preached for 53 hours. That's over two days and 11 minutes. But he sort of cheated because he took little pan apps in between, so I'm not sure that fully counts. Uh, you can actually watch it on YouTube. 53 hours, you get nothing else to do. Um, you're sick one day, you can listen to a sermon um, in 11 minutes. There's 11 minutes, you can watch the last 11 minutes if you don't want to listen to 53. Anyway, I'm not going for that record, so relax. Um, I thought I might go for the record for the shorter sermon instead. Um, Because you see, Wednesday I set aside for sermon prep, I've done that for years, I work from home and uh, I uh, work on my sermon. And I spent all day with this text, Um, I prayed, I read the text, um, I read the commentaries, I read other sermons on this text, I pondered, I prayed some more, at the end of the day I had nothing. Um, Now it's not like there's heaps of material in the text, there's miles of material here, there's just miles and miles of material. Um, I could tell you about sort of how important this concept of the vine was to the Jews. See, in the Old Testament, the, the Jews considered themselves the vine that was planted in the land of Israel to produce much fruit. 
um, to be a light to the nations. And above the temple in the Holy of Holies, um, so sort of um, 10 meters up in the air, they had this incredible uh, gold vine, sort of metal, made of metal, gold vine that went right across the top uh, of their, um, their temple. It had massive golden uh, grape clusters on it, some up to 1.5 meters high. So this was enormous, 1.5 meters, these golden um, clusters uh, of grapes. Uh, rich people would donate gold to the temple so it could be added to, which I thought was a good fundraising idea. Um, so there'll be a basket, you can put your rings, no. Um, uh, and so this was quite a controversial idea about um, when Jesus said, I'm the vine, he was actually, uh, that, that was quite controversial. Instead of Israel, Jesus was saying, I'm the vine. So that would have really rattled those that heard it. I could talk to you about how the text got misused and we're often worried about are we producing fruit or not. I could talk to you about pruning and how that works, which I sort of think we get. Even if you're not a gardener, we sort of understand pruning. Uh, if you've got roses at home, you sort of understand the concept of pruning. Uh, Ros and I went to Clyde this year and uh, in the winter. In the winter? Yeah, in the winter. And uh, it was, there was a, a sort of cloud level over Clyde and um, inversion something, I think they called it, and that was because the fruit um, orchards were burning their prunings, much to the annoyance of the locals. Uh, so when it talks about burning the prunings, that still happens today. Um, they prune the, the trees and then they burn the stuff they've taken off. I could talk to you about lots of things. Um, I spent all day trying to figure out what to do with this text and some creative way of presenting this text. Uh, and many of you have heard this text before. And at the end of the day, I had absolutely nothing. Well, it's not true. I didn't have nothing. I just had one word. Uh, I just had one word. And so I'm just going to, it's going to be the shortest sermon ever because I've just got one word uh, in the sermon. Um, and some of you think that's great, don't you? Yes, Teresa. You think that's wonderful? Um, this will be the best sermon ever because it's only got one word in it. And some of you think you should get a refund on the way out because um, you've been shortchanged. Um, but the one word is the word remain. I could not get past this word remain. Remain. And remain means, uh, in the Greek and Hebrew, it means remain. <laughs> it's not complex. <laughs> this means remain. Okay, it means to stay. It means to abide. The old, old translation is abide. If you enter King James, abide. We don't use the word abide, um, but it means to remain, to some uh, dwell, to, to, to live there, as it were. It means to remain. It's used seven times. Remain, remain in me. That's Jesus, and I'll remain in you. Those who remain in me and me in them will produce much fruit. If you stay with me and my words remain in you, you may ask any request. Remain in my love. When you obey me, you remain in my love, just as I obey the, fathers, uh, the Father and remain in his love. What does it mean to remain? To remain in Jesus. It says if we remain, we're going to bear much fruit. And the thing about uh, this, you know, uh, is my life fruitful or not, is actually we're not to worry about that. The command is simply to remain. All we have to do is worry about remaining. If we remain, our lives will be fruitful. Fruit will happen by itself. 
just as a branch that's connected to the vine will naturally produce fruit, uh, so our lives will be fruitful if we remain. If we don't remain, it says we can do nothing. Think, well, I can do a lot without God. People can get married and people can make things. People can do great things without God. They can raise a family without God. We can do a lot without God. But we can't become more Christ-like without God. We can live great lives, but unless God is at work in what we do, it's going to be of limited value. If our lives are going to be of eternal value, and what we do is truly going to last, then we need God. We need to be connected. Unless the Lord builds the house, it says in Psalms, uh, we labor in vain. The ability of our lives to be effective uh, is totally and utterly dependent on us being connected to Jesus. It says if Jesus' words remain in us, then, then we can ask for anything and it will be granted. Wow, how does that work? Wouldn't we love to have a prayer life like that? says, if Jesus' words remain in us. So it's probably worth getting to the bottom of what does this remain actually mean? What is this remain business? Remember, it's just a single word, remain. It's all I've got for you today, remain. To remain in Jesus means to allow the Holy Spirit access to our lives. Using the analogy of the vine, you know, unless the sap flows through the vine then it begins to wither. A story is told from Africa um, of uh, a, a villager who lived in a really remote village and he, in the mountains, and he uh, one day went into the city, never been to the city before, and he just had a small amount of money, and what captured his attention was the light bulbs. He'd never seen electricity light bulbs before. And so before he left, uh, he bought a whole lot of light bulbs uh, and little sockets to put them in, with little switches on them, and he took them back to his village, and he put them all around the trees around his house, and all the villagers said, what are you doing? What are these things? Oh, he said, you just wait till it gets dark. And so it got dark, and then he switched them on. But of course it didn't work, (laughs) because there's no power. No one had told him that actually light bulbs need power to work. He had all these light bulbs, but no power. It's the same in our own lives. To remain in Jesus means allowing the Holy Spirit to flow through our veins, as it were. Are we checking we're not grieving the Spirit with critical words or bitterness or unforgiveness? To remain in Jesus means we're talking to Jesus. Remaining means that we understand the place we have right now in Jesus, that we are children of God. We have access to the very throne room of God. We're deeply relationally connected. You know, we are to remain in prayer, even when it feels like God is ignoring us and seems like your prayers are hitting the ceiling. We're to remain in prayer, even if we've been asking over and over. We're to remain in prayer. To remain in Jesus means we remain connected to the body of Christ. It's not possible to remain connected to Jesus, but not connected to other Christians. That's an oxymoron. To remain in Jesus means we remain in relationship with others, real, deep relationship. Maybe you've been drifting away from the body, maybe hurt or disillusioned or just busy. God is saying this morning, remain, remain, remain in relationship with your brothers and sisters, remain in fellowship. Sure, it's not perfect, but the church is the bride, my body, whom I died for. 
I love deeply. Remain in relationship. Don't give up on meeting together. Don't give up and try and do it alone. Remain. To remain in Jesus means that we turn to Jesus when we feel tired or angry or hungry or sad. We, we choose to dwell in him. Let me read you a little uh, passage, and I'm oh, sorry, I can't uh, give who I got it from because I got it off the net and then lost where it came from, but uh, a guy called Brent wrote these words. He said, if I'm not abiding in Jesus, he says, then where is it that I abide? I asked myself once. He said, I began to notice when I was tired or anxious, there were certain sentences I'd say in my head that led me to a familiar place. The journey to this place would often start with me walking around disturbed, feeling as if there was something deep inside that I needed to put words but I couldn't quite capture. I felt there's something as anxiety, loneliness, and a need for connection with someone. If no connection came, I'd start to say things like, life really stinks. Why is it always so hard? It's never going to change. If no one noticed I was struggling or asked me what was wrong, I found my sentences shifting to a more cynical level. Who cares? Life's a joke. Surprisingly, by the time I was saying those last sentences, I was feeling better. My anxiety diminished. My comforter, my abiding place was cynicism and rebellion. From this abiding place, he says, I'd feel free to use some soul cocaine, maybe watching a violent video, maybe with a little bit of sexual titillation thrown in. Or have some more alcohol with a meal than I might normally drink. Those things that would make me feel better for a while. I just thought these things were bad habits. I began to see they were spiritual abiding places. The final light went on when I read John 15:7 in the message, where it's translated, if you make yourself at home with me, my words are at home with you, you can be sure whatever you ask for is listened to. Too. Jesus said, Brent, I've made your home in me. Uh, in you, but you have other comforters you go to. You must learn to make your home in me. That's profound. To remain in Jesus means we don't turn away from him when he is pruning our lives. Things might be tough for you at the moment, and you feel like giving up on God. Maybe God has allowed this in your life in order to prune Maybe this is God's way of getting your attention or making you more dependent on Him and less dependent on yourself. Maybe God is walking you through some stuff because He loves you and as a father, He disciplines His children, not to punish, but to grow them to maturity. Maybe remain at the moment means for you that you keep hanging in there with God even though you don't feel Him or see Him or understand what He's doing. And God is saying, remain, remain in me. To remain in Jesus means that we're actively working to remain. It's not a passive thing. It takes energy to remain. Many years ago, um, when divers would be diving for shipwrecks, the biggest problem was that if you have a dive tender above where the shipwreck was, it wouldn't stay in the same place. So the shipwreck is stationary on the sea floor, but the, the, ship, the diving tender above would be moved. It would move with the waves, it would move with the wind, and that was a problem. If the divers were going down, uh, the, the tender wouldn't remain in the same place. Uh, lots of things would move it. It's very difficult to remain in the same spot. Now, today, um, with both GPS technology, they can accurately pinpoint exactly where they should be, but then they use little gyro motors, lots of little motors that continually move and adjust the tender so it stays in the same place. 
So they're continually moving, adjusting, uh, to do, you know, keeping it in the GPS coordinates. So the tender, the dive tender, remains exactly in one spot. To remain in Jesus is not a passive thing. You know, we're living in the tide of secularism and with the wind of spiritual opposition pushing against us. Maybe God is saying today, you've been passive too long. You've got to work to remain in me. You've got to continually adjust, as it were, and recalibrate your life to remain. To remain in Jesus means we remain in the love of God. We remind ourselves how much we're loved by God. We remember the love of God on the cross and how much it costs. We recall Paul's words where he says, you know, nothing can separate us from the love of God. You need to know that God's love for you right now is so powerful. To remain in Jesus means that we choose to dwell in the presence of God. We choose to continually be aware of the presence of God. In whatever situation we're in, we become conscious that God is already there. He goes before us and He's present. To remain means that we declare that God is good no matter what is happening around us. We, we hang in there and we, to remain means we say, God, I choose to say you are good. To remain in Jesus means we remain in the words of Jesus. We keep reading the Bible even when we don't feel like it. We hang in there when the Bible seems dry and boring. We keep setting aside time to delve into the Word of God. We keep believing that God speaks through His Word. We remain. Maybe today... That's God's word for you. To remain in Jesus means we keep being obedient to the word of God. We keep digging deep when the going is tough. We keep being obedient even though it's hard. We keep being obedient even when the cost is high. We remain in Jesus and his word. So I've just got one word for you this morning. One word, remain. Remain in Jesus. Remain in his words. Remain in his love. Remain in his body. Remain in prayer. Remain. For those of you who are feeling shortchanged, I've got one more word. So then you have a two-word sermon, which um, if you're feeling... I I did, after I wrote the sermon, I did a bit of a survey of remain, because I've got some fancy computer programs. So I did a survey of of the the words remain in the New Testament. Predominantly... Uh, probably 80% of the time, the word remain is connected with faithful or faithfulness. 80% of the remaining references in the entire New Testament are around faithful and faithfulness. So if you're feeling short-changed, then I've got a two-word sermon for you, remain faithful. Okay, remain faithful. Amen. Let's pray as the team uh, come to the front. God, we thank you that this is both a promise and a command, that you command us to remain and you promise to remain with us. God, you remain with us even when we're unfaithful and we've strayed from you. God, I pray this morning for those for whom particularly this word is for them. 
to remain. For those for whom maybe they've strayed from you, those for whom it's a struggle to remain, those for whom the pull away from you is strong. God, I pray you would strengthen our inner being this morning. You'd strengthen, Lord God, our will, our determination, our resolve. God, that we would choose to remain in you. We would choose, no matter what is happening around our lives, no matter what pressures, what pull, God, that we would choose to remain in you, connected to your body, in relationship.